0: Write On with HPL, episode two. Work with your struggles and not against them. The Write On with HPL podcast is presented to you by Houston Public Library. Are you a creative writer? Have you ever wondered how to improve your writing or ever had interest in joining a writer's group? Or maybe you've gotten a tough critique on a piece and you're questioning whether the writing life is for you. These are all great questions. My name is Marilyn.
1: And my name is Rachel. And here on this podcast, Write On with HPL, we'll offer you some tips and tricks on how to prevail in your writing journey. Today, we're going to discuss today's theme, which is, yes, your struggles make you human, but don't limit yourself to your struggles. Instead, use them to boost your writing. Wondering how to take advantage of your imperfections? We're glad you asked. In today's episode, we'll unpack the immense value of using your limitations to benefit your work, some examples from how we use our own to strengthen our writing, and include some concrete tips and tricks to begin this practice.
0: Many of you by now have likely heard the name of Amanda Gorman, the U.S. Youth Poet Laureate who presented at the 2021 presidential inauguration for the poem she wrote and delivered titled The Hill We Climb. It's a terrific poem and we hope you take time to hear her read it in case you missed it because it is not just masterfully written but it's also skillfully delivered what actually pertains to our episode today is gorman's journey to overcome a speech impediment it took her several years to pronounce the r sound correctly and in her interview with oprah she revealed that saying names out loud like her own last name or harvard where she went to college or even a word like poetry all presented significant challenges. But in that interview with Oprah, Gorman makes the case that her speech impediment is actually one of her greatest strengths. If you missed that particular story about Gorman and wanted to know more, we'll link an article about it in the show notes. Here's the gem of the quote from her interview. She explained to Oprah, I'm really grateful for that experience of speech impediment because it informs my poetry. I think it made me all that much stronger of a writer when you have to teach yourself how to say words from scratch. When you're learning through poetry how to speak English, it lends to a greater understanding of sound, of pitch, of pronunciation. So I think of my speech impediment not as a weakness or a disability, but as one of my greatest strengths, end quote. Now, isn't that remarkable? It's like if Superman took kryptonite and became stronger because of it instead of being defeated by it.
1: Marilyn, you told me before the show started that you wouldn't have started your novel if it hadn't been for having something that some people consider a weakness. Can you share some more? Absolutely. So, I
0: have a short attention span, and frequently my thoughts jump around, for example, from an idea to a memory to another idea to a new thought to yet another memory, etc., etc. All in just a minute or two! Yes, having a short attention span is a persistent challenge for me, and my impulsivity does get me into trouble sometimes, even in spite of my techniques to manage it. It's also hard because not everyone is understanding about it, either. Nonetheless, I just want to share that sometimes my struggles actually can be not just a gift in their own way, but maybe one of the best things about me, like my creativity. For example, from the summer of 2017 to the spring of 2018, when I watched certain movies and read books over that series of months, those movies and books became significant influences because I kept thinking about them and remembering them so often that they began to overlap and cohere in really surprising ways in my mind. I would take walks in my neighborhood and in the moment, while I was drafting some scene for my novel, these influences would float back to me until I could see them working in juxtaposition with what I was creating. In case you're curious to see what I'm up to, I can share a little more about what my novel is about. As I've shared previously, I'm working on a Western set in an alternate universe. So far, it's just the one volume, but if it gets to be too long, I'll split it up into two or three books. The book thus far is a combination of News of the World and True Grit, which are both Western novels, and that Wild West combination then meets Twinkle in Time, which is a spiritual sci fi novel, with additional influences from the film Black Panther, which I picked for its cultural richness. And I'm also borrowing elements from the perilous journeys portrayed in The Lord of the Rings and the way that someone divine is being revealed in the story of Advent. Well, maybe you feel skeptical now, (laughs) but I really believe that all of these influences make for a truly unique tale, and I owe them to my short attention span and my imagination. Rachel, in our conversation before we started recording, you also told me that you've had your own
1: journey in pushing through challenges. Can you share some more about that? Yeah, I've also had some struggles that have informed how I write my characters and how I see the world. I'm a writer and a librarian and a grad student, and I also have clinical depression and anxiety. This has been a real struggle for me in the past because, as people with depression will know, It can make it very difficult to motivate yourself and maintain focus. However, I also think that my neurodivergence is a real strength when it comes to writing. I'm able to use all of the big emotions that I felt and put those into my characters in a way that feels authentic and reads as real. When my characters go through struggles or experience bad things, which most characters do, I'm able to pull on my past experiences and write their struggle from a place of personal knowledge. Now, this isn't to say that you have to have some sort of mental illness to write about struggles. Everyone experiences different things that teach them personally about pain. But for me, it was really transformative to take my own problems and turn them into art. Something that helped me to overcome the productivity struggles related to depression is writing when I can and being patient with myself when I can't. Writing takes a ton of practice. Just make an effort to sit with it, to make time for it it's okay not to write regularly but whether you write according to routines or not it's still going to take some time and effort and patience or consider the thoughts of rivers solomon on the ambivalence of super productivity Quote, "i write i get tired i stop i write at night when i feel like it i write in the morning i write not at all by letting go of doing things the way they're supposed to be done the way i was taught to do them efficiently productively forcibly" I've been able to write more than ever. End quote. The full interview is linked in the show notes. Maybe you struggle to have time to write because of
0: outside of school, you have extracurriculars and homework. Some writers get up way early in the morning to work. I'm a night owl, and I have tried getting up at 5 or 6 a.m., and I always go back to sleep. And working at my library branch is a very physically demanding job so I don't have energy to write anything after I get home. Instead, I write during my two 15-minute breaks and my lunch break. You'd be surprised by how much I can get done in that hour and a half. Or if you do have time, maybe think about this scenario. There's a poet I admire, Malcolm Geith, who once told me that sometimes he gets nothing done when he follows his routine of sitting down for a designated time at his desk. But he makes time for it anyway, and then creativity will come to him randomly, like when he's on the bus or walking. But he told me it's only by setting aside time at all that he gets creativity, even
1: though the sparks come when he's not looking for them. Some of the great characters from terrific writers like David Yoon and Erica L. Sanchez and Madeline Langell and Jean Luen Yang, and also writers who have personally struggled with mental illness like John Green and Sylvia Plath and David Foster Wallace, their work shows that even people who struggle— People who are undeniably human, even people who are screwed up in these diamonds in the rough, you can still see a light shining. So can you bless and affirm your own humanity, your own struggles and strife and quirks? And can you also bless and affirm your imperfect writing, your imperfect characters? And can you go ahead and bless and affirm the people who are really different from you, or who are awkward or struggling with something? Even people who are mean, Although that's not saying that being mean is okay, it's saying, I still see your humanity. After all, isn't it more relatable and lovable to be flawed rather than being untouchably perfect? And isn't that what many of us are looking for in the stories we're drawn to? In books like the Harry Potter series or Lord of the Rings or the film Black Panther, the villains of these stories want to transcend their humanity and become immortal, perfect, untouchable. In all three examples, the story's creators drive home the point that this desire and means to become an all-powerful being actually corrupts each of the antagonists in these plots. And with books like I'm Not Your Perfect Mexican Daughter by Erica Sanchez and Turtles All the Way Down by John Green, the protagonists are so compelling and relatable, so human precisely because they're struggling like you and I would struggle with our respective situations. They're figuring themselves out, and yes, they need to grow, but it's kind of in a zigzag direction, and that's so refreshingly relatable. The best art shows us our humanity, in all our best and worst and lows and highs. We can only love others and ourselves when we become honest with who we are, or till we have faces, which is the title of a book by C.S. Lewis about this very theme.
0: After all, it's when our literary heroes persevere. It's when they're fighting through doubt and despair and rejection. It's when they stick true to their inner selves. That matters so much to people, even years after our heroes have passed on. Take the example of the science fiction author Madeline Lingle. Not many people know this today. She received countless rejections because her books didn't persuade what the publishers thought would sell in the 1950s and 60s. They thought youth wouldn't respond well to the presence of death and evil in her books. So dozens of editors shot down her manuscripts, especially for her most famous work, A Wrinkle in Time. On her 40th birthday, she received yet another rejection, this time for an adult novel. In her memoir, A Circle of Quiet, Lingle writes that, quote, The rejection on the 40th birthday seemed an unmistakable command. Stop this foolishness of writing and learn to make cherry pie. I covered the typewriter in a great gesture of renunciation. Then I walked around and around the room, bawling my head off. I was totally, unutterably miserable. But then something happened to Engel. Listen to this, quote. Suddenly I stopped crying because I realized what my subconscious mind was doing while I was sobbing. My subconscious mind was busy working out a novel about failure. End quote. And that's when she knew she couldn't not write. For years, Lingle was often tempted to give up when she was in the midst of so much rejection. And I bet she would have never imagined that her works would continue to mean so much to people long after she wrote them. But she didn't give up. So don't you give up.
1: So, friends, our fellow writers, we hope you will press on not giving up, not giving in to toxic feedback. More on how to do that in a later episode. But rather, we hope you'll continue growing yourself and your art. With your struggles and imperfections as your companions. It's your turn now. How have your struggles, internal or external, shaped your writing experience? And when it comes to your writing and habits, what works and what doesn't? What's something you're great at, something you're bad at, and something you feel meh about? For example, I'm great at writing emotionally complex characters. I struggle with having a cohesive plot in the first draft. And I'm okay, but could be better at describing scenery. How about you, Marilyn? Hmm. I would say that I'm good with descriptions. I struggle the most
0: with dialogue. And I'm decent at building intrigue in the plot. This is a great exercise to help you think critically about your writing, but also how not to be too down on yourself. If you do this exercise, we'd love to hear your thoughts. You can post your answers to social media and use the tag Hashtag WriteOnWithHPL to share your writing with us. We'd love to take a look and see what writing you're working on. Write On With HPL, Episode 2, Work With Your Struggles and Not Against Them. The Write On With HPL podcast is presented to you
1: by Houston Public Library.